When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Welcome back, fight fans, to the big fight preview for this weekend's big fight. Derek Chisora, Kubat Pulev 2 happening this weekend. And the biggest question we have is, is it really a big fight? We've mentioned it in the previous weeks, haven't we, Johnston, about it's yeah. not really, it's not a significant one. But as part of our big fight preview series that we do every week, we look at what's available out there and what's coming up for you guys that you might want to hear us talk about. And I think Derek Chisora versus Kubrat Pulev, regardless of it not being significant in our eyes, is still a big fight for some people. It will still capture some of the casual audience that like to watch guys like Chisora, the fan favourites of the sport. So I think in that regard, I think it's going to be quite exciting to, to see what Chisora gives on the night. And we will be talking predominantly about this fight and these two guys at this stage of their careers. But also there is some other fights happening this weekend as well. The one that I think in particular interests me is in San Antonio, Texas for the WBC World Featherweight title as Mark Magsayo takes on Ray Vargas, which I think will be a really, really good fight. Both undefeated fighters fighting for the WBC title. Great fight happening this weekend. So we will be talking about that and we will round up a couple of the other fights that are happening that you might want to try and take a bit of an interest in. And of course, the undercard, two Chisora versus Pulev too. So, Johnson, I'm going to hand the mic to you and let you talk about this fight, this main fight first and foremost, and your interpretation of this fight actually happening. And I said it's not significant. Do you feel the same? Absolutely. Uh, It's not significant in any way, by any means. But what it is, is a way of uh, getting some fans into the O2 to cheer on Derek Chisora 
Uh, they sell some tickets. It's going to be a fun fight to watch, to be fair. You know what you're going to get with Derek, hence why he sells tickets. People like that. They like the big heavyweights that are going to come forward and either try and knock the other fellow out or they're going to get knocked out. Or if they survive, it's going to be a battle. And that's what you like with Derek. Um, with Pulev, to be fair to him, you know, he, he uh, sort of he got sparked, obviously, by Joshua, but he doesn't mind mixing it up either. So, I mean, I think Pulis probably is the better boxer, but Derek Chisora, you know what you're going to get. He's all game and he's going to he's gonna war, isn't he? War Chisora. It all says it in his name. You know, 12 defeats in his record. Um, it's almost incredible when you look at it that it's a headline, especially with three back-to-back defeats as well. It's... It just shows you that, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter how much, how good you are. I mean, they're talking about this, one of the biggest radio networks we have over here. And, you know, they don't mention some of these other bigger fights that happen across the world. But Derek Chisora seems to get a mention wherever he goes. And he gets away, as we as we, as we mentioned last week, is he gets away with some of these crazy things he comes out and says. But he makes him entertaining. He's the whole package. And look, what, what can you say? There are bigger names in this sport that won't sell as many tickets as Derek Chisora. That is a fact. That is something that I will agree on is probably the reason why these two are getting it on because they're at a stage of their career where, you know, Chisora isn't going to fight for a world title again. And I'm telling you now, if he managed to somehow get a world title shot, I mean, he would definitely surpass Paul Smith in that regard of getting unwarranted world title shots throughout his career because Chisora is way past that point of being able to go forward to become a champion he's like the gatekeeper of the division now he's the guy that everybody wants to face to see where you are at in your own career he's had two back-to-back defeats in his career to Joseph Parker Alexander Usyk before that so like for me it's not significant the fight itself yes they fought before 2016 Kubrat Pulev got a split decision over in Germany with one judge actually scoring it quite close in Chisora's favour but the other two a little bit wider one judge had it about eight rounds in fact with with Pulev being the winner on that fight so you know even then that wasn't significant at that point either to be honest so i'm not too sure what the significance of it is now is there an intention for one of these men to move forward can they potentially get a shot in the future at a world title i genuinely don't think so at 38 years of age Derek Chisora is in the twilight of his career it's not going to be too long before he retires. I mean, he talks about not wanting to retire at all. He, he loves being in the sport. He loves a good war. But you start to think, how many more of these wars can he be involved in before he starts to get the long-term effects as he gets older with all the punches that he ships to the head and to the body? It makes you wonder, like, at what point can someone say to him, look, Derek, it's time to stop. I don't see any value in this fight, win, lose, or draw for him. If he wins, where does he go? You know, honestly, where does he go? I can't see him going anywhere. No, I know. And I'm just, I was looking, I found myself just looking through the rankings and seeing, uh, this is box rep, by the way, you know, and uh, just seeing how uh, Derek Chisora sits in the top 10 of the world's best heavyweights. Um, so confusing. Um, you know, a guy that's lost 12 fights and, and every time he fights anyone with a bit of credibility, sometimes there's a couple of fights in there with not so much credibility, but he still loses those fights. And, you know, just because he produces the goods and, you know, you know they're entertaining fights most of the time. Um, he just sit, seems to get his high ranking. When, you you know, you look at anyone else who's sort of got anywhere near 12 defeats, you're looking at Christian Hamer and, 
uh, and guys like that. And uh, who's the other one? Kevin Johnson, who's had 19. They're sort of sitting in the top 75 of the world. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Where does he go? I mean, he will always sell tickets. There's, there's just that is that's what it is. That's why he, he goes to war with the likes of Dillian White, and Joseph Park, who sit quite high in the rankings, and that's what he does. Uh, I mean, you he, whoever you stick him in the ring with, it's going to be a good fight. And uh, some people don't really like that. So, you know, if you're looking after a boy, say you're looking after Daniel Dubois, for instance, would there be any need to stick him in the ring with uh, Derek Chisora? But is it, there's fights out there for him, though, Sean. Like, you think, if even if, even though if he lost his fight against Pulev, I mean, Pulev would still get fights because they're, they're decent names and they're going to sell tickets. And that's what you need. You need money. And if, if some people are going to buy tickets to watch your fight, be it. So, you know, when you look at sort of the likes of Martin Bacoli, he could, that would be a tremendous fight. Joe Joyce would be a good fight with uh, Derek Chisora. His name's always going to be thrown in the mix. Um, yeah, I don't know, Sean. Where does he go? He just he will If he doesn't want to retire, he will maintain in and around the top 20 of the world fighting anyone that wants to fight him because he doesn't avoid anyone. And that's what people also like about him. He doesn't give a shit who he fights. He will take them on. Yeah, no, that that is the point. But I suppose... My concern for his health is how many more oh, absolutely grueling yeah. fights does he take? Yeah, I mean, until he gets absolutely rendered, Sean. I think that's basically what you're talking about. Rendered unconscious and sort of scooped and off the mat. Um, and not with all these faculties, I think that will be the time that Derek Tazora turns it in. I don't even want to think about it. It's, it's, it's quite a horrible thought to think that that would actually potentially happen to him. And, you know, we could see that and think, why didn't you just give it up when it was the right time? You know, I, I, it's, it's, it's... People it's, around him as well, it though, is. mate. I mean, yeah, that's it is. the thing. If you've got people, if you've got a guy like that selling tickets, the promoter's earning money. He's earning some money out of it. So, it, you know, it, again, we, we, how many times have we done our dark side of boxes? How many times have we done career profiles? with some of the best fighters that have ever lived that literally just get exploited by these guys because they can earn money until the point they can no longer fight anymore and they're showing actual physical... They're not they're not, not quite the same anymore is when it almost becomes you can't even watch it. You know, you think about Trevor Burbick, Muhammad Ali. I watched about two, three rounds of that fight. I've never seen it ever since. I don't want to see it because it's just a shadow of his former self. And you, I know we mention this a lot. Heavyweights is a dangerous game. Boxing's a dangerous game, but heavyweights especially. And, mate, I don't know. I mean, it's an awful fault. But if Derek keeps doing it and he's going to earn him money, then they're going to keep throwing him in the ring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've not even spoke about Pulev too much yet. I mean, he's coming off the back of a victory over Jerry Forrest, a very laboured 10-round victory over Jerry Forrest. Prior to that, he got stopped of Andy Joshua in nine rounds. So, you know, he's at the same stage of his career, really. He's 41 years of age. He's a little bit older than Derek. What, what value does he have left to be doing this at his age why does he want to do it because let's be honest who's going to want to take him as a fight now I mean Daniel Dubois maybe could be a fight in the future you know Daniel Dubois could get another good name on his record and, and that might help his cause going forward in his quest to, to continue to be a, a version of a world champion maybe that could be a good outing for him next time round if he beats Derek Chisora but it's like when we do the big fight previews we like to do a bit of analysis on this fight but I feel like this is one of them fights where I can't even really give an analysis on it because there's only two ways this fight's going to go, really, for me. It's either going to be Derek Chisora is going to put on a spirited performance, but he's ultimately just going to be outboxed and out-jabbed in a, in a bit of a lackluster 12-round affair. Or Derek Chisora comes up with one of them big, 
knockout victories, which actually goes on to, to shock us all. And it gives people a false sense of security about him that maybe, just maybe, there is one big fight in him just left. And if you remember the fights he did that in, if you look at the you know the fights with Arthur Spilker and, and David Price in particular in 2019, where you had them two back-to-back victories, Carlos Takam in 2018, you know, they were quite emphatic victories. And that's why he ended up getting the fight with Alexander Usyk, who had moved up to heavyweight and was testing himself at that point. If he got one more big win against the Pulev, you know, emphatic win as well, then they probably would feed him again to the Lions and they probably would look at making him an opponent for a bigger name in the future. You know, if Anthony Joshua loses, who could his comeback opponent be? Derek Chisora. I'm pretty sure that'd be a fight that they'd make easily because it'd be a good way to build the confidence again for Anthony Joshua and it'd be a hell of a payday for Derek Chisora. So you can kind of see where he gets used in that way. He gets used, chewed up and spat out by boxing. I just hope that it doesn't take too much from him because he's given so much of himself to this sport. You just don't want to see it, like I said earlier, take too much away from, from him as an individual. And, you know, we see him in 15 years' time, you know, in his 50s, and he's just a withering mess. And that's what worries me about the fact that he's still continuing on in his career. You know, Derek's his old man. He's, he's not going to be told otherwise by anybody else. Yes, he gives us some comical moments. Hopefully he comes out of this unscathed. But ultimately, I can only see it going in the way of Derek Chisora pulls off a big KO or Kubrat Pulev wins it on points in a lackluster affair. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just going back to that point with uh, with with Derek Chisora and fighting on, and you know, people may be shouting at, at us now saying, sort of, you know, they have medical tests. You know, that this is this is part and parcel of it. You know, he'll have his medical if he passes it, and a commission will license it, and he fights. But the trouble is, is with guys like that with these type of injuries with the type of wax you get in the head it doesn't actually materialize until later on in life and I think that's the problem isn't it and how do we actually you know if anything you should do a case study uh, you know all those medical professionals should be probably doing a case study right now on Derek Chisora and just seeing the moments where you know because inevitably it's going to come it's going to happen I mean we spoke about Sam Egerton the other day about it but you know it, it, it's a sad fault it really is but it's a, it's a dangerous sport we, we, we watch and that's why you've always got to give these guys a lot of credit. But yeah, as you say, I mean, how many chances does Derek, Derek Chisora need? Um, I can actually see, you know, when Joshua does lose, because I still believe he's going to lose against Susie, I can see Joshua, I can see uh, Chisora, 90,000, 80,000, still want to turn out at Wembley to watch that fight, thinking Chisora could probably knock Joshua out. Probably will be the night he gets rendered. And uh, it also get a massive payday at the end of it as well. Because I, I can see that happening, Sean. I think that's a great shot. It wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't surprise me. I mean, let's just see what happens between Usyk yeah. and Joshua. I mean, we both agree. We're both of the opinion that Usyk beats him, hands down, in the second fight. And that's not because we want to go against Joshua. Ultimately, as, as a Brit, we want him to win you know why would we not want him to win as a Brit but Usyk's just this one-off kind of a character where you can't help but love the guy I mean my wife watches the sport with me and I know yours does too and I know like there's certain characters that they can get drawn in by my wife loves Usyk she absolutely loves him he's a man of few words but them few words that he says you know she just she just loves his character he's just funny he's just he's an endearing character so you kind of automatically want to root for him and then with the whole political issue and the war in Ukraine it makes you want to see him win even more against the guy that we've supported since the 2012 Olympics, which is quite crazy to even think about it. But I suppose that's what boxing does for you. When you're a 
I consider to be a true boxing fan. I think when you're a true boxing fan, it doesn't matter if they are Brits, if they are your natives, if you've got some sort of emotional tie into them. If there is a genuine fighter out there that is just head and shoulders uh, above most of the fighters in the world and the characters in the sport automatically you can't help but magnetise to that person and that individual and, and and I've grown so fond of watching Usyk over the past few years I've always enjoyed watching Joshua but it's got to a point where this they've blown so much smoke up Joshua's ass over the years through Sky and through Eddie Hearn that they've set him up for a fall and when that fall came against Andy Ruiz that was it then everybody had their opinions on him including ourselves about Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Is he chinny? Is he another Frank Bruno? Is he this? Is he that? And that doubt about it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Him is always going to be there. Then he loses to Usyk, gets outboxed by Usyk and, and nearly stopped in the later rounds. You think... Well, that just solidifies my opinion of Anthony Joshua, that he is the guy we thought he was a couple of fights before. So then automatically, me, mentally, I start to sort of not so much switch allegiance to fighters, but I start to focus on, you know, the guys that are really at the echelons of the division, the guys that I know are going to be all-time Hall of Fame greats, the guys that appeal to me on a personal level for one reason or another. And it's not that I'm bored of Joshua. It's not that I'm writing Joshua off. I just can't see how much... He can change his style and him as an individual, as in Joshua, to go on to beat a guy in Usyk who has got, if not more experience than Anthony Joshua as as an amateur and, you know, maybe not as a professional, but as an amateur, he's certainly got all that experience, much more than what Joshua has. And that... That, that mentality, and I think it is all about the mentality in the sport, and I think Usyk's proven, no matter what's been thrown at him, he's overcome all the adversity. When we've seen Joshua in his, adverse, his adverse moments, 
we've seen he's not been able to overcome him. And I think that's what leaves the doubt in everybody's mind about, well, actually, you know, Usyk's going to do Joshua again. And I think that's why the general consensus feels that way. The most people that watch this sport do feel that Usyk is going to do a number on Joshua and potentially even stop him in the second fight. So that is just my, I wouldn't say it's a rant, it's just more of a justification from my side, from a personal level as to why I'm at the place I'm at when it comes down to making an early prediction on that fight. Yeah, absolutely. I know we've gone completely off topic here as well, by the way, but, it, you know, it, you can't help it sometimes. And, and I think you're right. Look, at the end of the day, Usyk's just a different breed. And sometimes, I mean, I've watched so many fights throughout the years and I, the ones that come to my head is like uh, when Klitschko fought David A. I went into that fight initially supporting David A. I think by the time the fight came around, I was a Klitschko fan uh, through and through. Um, a bit similar where I love Golovkin and he fought Kel Brook and I sort of was torn between them, but I was happy to see Golovkin get the win. I would have been happy to see Brook get it, but Golovkin got it. You know, you do switch allegiance sometimes because sometimes you just got to understand that, you know, this game is about watching some talent and um, sometimes the talent overrides your heart, if you like, because you want a certain fighter to win. Uh, look, Joshua is better than a Bruno, but he's not as good as Usyk and Usyk will prove that again. He will. And, uh, and I still believe... When it comes to the Tyson Fury fight and people think I'm mad, I still think he beats him at all. That's just, he's just that different kind of fighter. You know, he just is. He's, I think people don't realise it in a minute, but when you look back in sort of a 10 years time, you'll look at Usyk and go, wow, what a tremendous fighter he was. So let's move away from the talk of Chisora versus Pulev. And obviously Joshua Usyk always seems to come up. <laughs> it always seems to come up somewhere along the line, of course. Let's talk about well, the we, under... Sorry, we, we want, we want Chisora to get a massive payday against uh, <laughs> Joshua as well. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that as well. Well, let's just go through some of the fights on the undercard before we move into the Magazio versus Vargas fight. So on the undercard, Felix Cash is back in action. He's fighting for the vacant WBA International middleweight title against Vaughn Alexander 17-6-1 Israel Mad- Madridov is fighting Michael Zorro a 12 rounder he's stepping up massively in his career here then you've got Cayman Ajako who's fighting Lukas Masic for the vacant WBA international super welterweight title Fabio Wardley also on this card Ramaya Ali Yusuf Ibrahim and Solomon Dekris is also on this card it is, it's an okay card it's an okay card. I'm, I'm just glad that they've not tried to swindle us with a pay-per-view in any way, shape or form. I know it's going to be on zone. I know it's a zone show. So if you're looking to watch this fight, it's going to be on zone. Or if you're friends of our guys on Twitter, Daz TV, you could also go and check them out. They've got some available great services on there. Please check them out, Daz TV. If you want to watch this fight, you're going to see it on zone. It's not a pay-per-view. I'm not surprised because it is not a card that can be even worthy of a pay-per-view. If they try to sell this as a pay-per-view fight, which they kind of have done before, I think it was uh, was it White versus Parker? Do you remember remember the actual uproar over that one being a pay-per-view? This is just yeah. two guys at the end of the career looking for a payday, knowing that they can sell out the O2, which is which it will. It wouldn't surprise me if it has sold it out or it's close to selling out. I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong on that, if it's not even close to selling out. But I understand why they're doing it. It's not a fantastic card. There is a couple of standout fights on it. But for me, it doesn't really appeal to me as in like, I'm not going to be there at six o'clock on Saturday ready to watch this card. I'm probably going to likely catch up with it the following day and actually get to watch it in my own time at my own pace. 
and that's because there's nothing on there barring the Chisora Pulev fight actually appeals to me. And I say that word loosely appeal because the Chisora Pulev doesn't appeal to me, but it is Derek Chisora versus Pulev. It's two heavyweights. We know him so well. We want to see the fight happen because we want to see what the outcome's going to be. And of course, we're podcasters and we're covering it for this podcast. You want to give our thoughts, feelings and opinions to you guys and, and let you guys know what we thought of it. It's probably not going to be the greatest of shows. That's what I'm going to say. If that's the, if I'm going to give an opinion on this whole show, it's not going to be the greatest. You're probably not going to enjoy it as much as maybe some other people will. And you'll come out of it on Sunday, depending on what happens, and you'll think, hey, it was all right. You know, it was, it had a few good moments. And that that's probably how you'll come out of it feeling. But if you are a hardcore boxing fan, the other fight that you should really be tuning into this weekend is the one that I mentioned a little bit earlier. Mark Magzayo versus Ray Vargas in San Antonio, Texas in the featherweight division, WBC title on the line. Now, that's a brilliant fight. Maybe we should have had that as the big fight preview name of the episode because this is a huge fight. You've got Magzayo here who caused an upset earlier this year by beating Gary Russell Jr. I mean, this is the guy who fought once a year for five years and finally gets upset and loses his WBC title that he held on to for so, so long. And now he's opened up the division a little bit more. And now you've got Ray Vargas, who he's facing, who we know is another brilliant fighter, who we've spoken about, about fighting some of the guys on, on our shows. He's been consistent throughout his career. He's been brilliant over the past four or five years. I've really enjoyed watching his career blossom. This is a big fight. I'm really excited for this one. I am. I mean, this is probably the the standout fight of the weekend. Uh, Ray Vargas, obviously, as we know, coming through the uh, super bantamweight division. Uh, I remember him obviously beating our guy, Gavin McDonald, for the first time up in Hull. Was that back in 2017? Uh, there was a bit of fuss around him at that point. No, he he's a he's very he's good in what he does. He does everything very well. He's a good mover. He's a good fighter. But you know, I think um, for some reason um, there's not much of a taking to him. I, th- I think maybe his style might be a bit boring. I think I think that's what people feel like. So I feel that that's just my honest opinion. But he is a talent. He is. I mean, from that point, I've I've kept an eye out on him and. You know, he's undefeated at the minute, 35 and 0. He's doing, you know, what he does, as I say, he does very well. Whereas uh, Magnuseo, um obviously got that upset victory over Gary Allen Russell Jr. Uh, Russell Jr., I mean, he fought that fight with one arm pretty much, didn't he? And he, he was close. If, if if Russell Jr. didn't get that injury, I don't think um, Magnuseo wins the fight, even though Russell Jr. did fight only once a year. Um, so... If you look at Ray Vargas, who's coming back as well, I believe he bust up his leg or, or whatever it was, broke his leg, and um, but he came back. He came back and he and he proved himself once again when he did, um, and he actually didn't lose anything for me. So f- I honestly feel that I'm edging towards a Vargas win here. I can't really see uh, Magnuso getting anything, although he is a big puncher. If he lands on Vargas, he could knock him out. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think if you look at that Russell Jr. fight, for instance, although Russell Jr. fought with one arm, I think uh, an able Vargas takes this on points. He just needs to be careful that he doesn't get caught uh, and he's clever enough to not, to not get caught. So I think for me, although it's going to be a good fight, it's an interesting one because you've got the big puncher against the boxer. Uh, I think the boxer will come out on top on this one. It'll be a good fight while it while it goes, and I think Ray Vargas has the style to make the fight easier for him. And like you rightly pointed out, in the Russell Jr. fight against Magsayo, 
if he was fighting with two hands, I think, honestly, would Russell Jr. just outbox Magsayo? I think the answer is probably yeah, but we're never going to know unless that rematch happens at some point, if it does happen. I think Ray Vargas has got that style, which very much at times reminds me not so much of the same style as a certain Floyd Mayweather, but in the sense that he made fights sometimes so easy for himself and they just weren't exciting to watch, which is what some people don't find appealing about him as a fighter, but you can't deny what he... Yeah, I mean, you can't deny what he could do in... Sorry to judge you, but just go back to Chisora. Chisora, you know what you're getting. People want to watch, and they won't want to watch Vargas. Yeah, that that's and it's a good point. That's kind of a roundabout, an easier way of saying what I'm trying to say, really, which is nobody really wants to see his fights because they're not entertaining fights. They're not your war fights. They're not like your Derek Chisora's, like you say, or even your guys in the lower weight categories that like to go toe-to-toe. This is a guy that uses his sublime ability to be able to make fights easier for himself. Magsayo's a guy that could come in as the unknown quantity, um, being the WBC champion, being the defending champion, and defending it for the first time, could come in there and actually come in there with a newfound confidence, which might actually upset the rhythm of someone like a Vargas. I'd struggle to see how that might happen, but I'm not ruling it out because knowing my luck now, I'll say this and Magsire will just come in there and blast him out and we'll be sat there going, <laughs> oh my God, we've we've totally underestimated Magsire and wrote him off. I think Magsire's got the ability to hurt Vargas. It's whether he can get close enough to him to do that. And that that's what really will matter on the night. I think Vargas would, should take this fight on points. That's how I anticipate it would go down. But if Magsayo does land, then maybe we'll get to see whether or not Vargas can overcome that adversity. And that, that is really the, the the long and short of how this fight could potentially play out. We both said that Vargas will win it on points. I'm sticking with that because I think that's that's what will happen. But just don't rule it out. Don't rule out Magsayo getting a shot off or landing a shot, which is significant enough to upset the rhythm of Vargas, which could then lead to him successfully defending his title in some way. So you just never know. So there are other fights then, Johnston, this weekend. There are other fights. Do you want to mention the uh, the other couple of fights that we've not talked about yet? Yeah, so there's one in Russia. Believe it or not, Russia are still staging fights. Um, so, yeah, uh, um, Kurbanov. Kurbanov, Kurbanov, I'm guessing that's, that's Kurbanov. I'll call it a black line. Kurbanov. Um, <laughs> he's the Russian that um, that I'm sure many of us might remember was the Liam Smith fight. Uh, Liam Smith went over there, took him on, and, and Kurbanov, he deserved the victory. He deserved to get it over Liam. Um, so that was really the first time I'd ever seen him, to be quite honest with you. Um, I'd heard of his name, hadn't taken to YouTube to have a look at him or anything, but that was the first time, and I felt that he'd done well that night. I thought he... Uh, he deserved it, put it that way. And then you got Patrick Ta- Taxeria, um, the uh, the Brazilian. Uh, and I'm I'm just trying to think. Um, so the Castano fight, I'm sure many people might remember the Castano fight. Castano, he didn't really go toe to toe with him. He actually boxed him quite well that night. But the the one that I do remember, where well, I vaguely see, was the Paul Valencia Costa fight uh, in San Antonio when um, Taxeria he, he got disqualified for a rabbit punch. It was a weird fight, uh, really strange. Um, caught him in the back of the head, and uh, then they decided to disqualify him. But look, it's, it's a decent fight. I think Kerbinov, um I think he should come through it with it being in Russia. Taxeria has got a lot of stamina, a lot of pressure, so he will look to just put the pressure on. Really, he won't go away. Uh, Kerbinov will probably eventually just take it on points again and I hate to say it, I mean you never know Tetsiri may may he's he's quite a bit of a banger so he might actually get a, a decision somewhere along the line but I doubt it very much with it being in Russia I can't see him knocking him out so 
I do think Kerbinov will win it and I think it will be deserved. So there's one other fighter in action over the weekend, which it was a surprise to me, to be honest with you, that he's still fighting. That's Ray Beltran. Ray Beltran's fighting this yeah. weekend as well. He's fighting on a card on ProboxTV.com, the new service which has Roy Jones Jr. I think Polly Malinagi's involved in this as well. And it's like a streaming service. So It's like to rival things like Fight TV and, and, and services like that that are coming out there. We'll see how long this actually lasts. But I know one of our patrons and listeners to the podcast, Martin Mulligan, I know, Martin, you've signed up for it because you messaged on Instagram and said you'd signed up for ProBox TV and that it was actually quite a reasonable amount of money to pay for for the cards and the promise of putting so many cards on. If it turns out to be a, a valued subscription, then it might be worth having it. You know, if they're actually getting some good fight cards on and you can actually get to see a few of these up-and-coming prospects in America, which we don't really get that opportunity to see in that much, then maybe it could be worth it. But he is fighting this weekend in a 10-rounder in the super lightweight division against Cesar Frances, who's 10-0. I'm surprised Ray's still fighting, but I suppose at his age now and where he's at, he must just be fighting for the money now because there's no reason why he needs to continue on his career. So he is also fighting if you are interested in checking that out this weekend. And there are all the major fights for the Big Fight Preview. The main one, obviously, for us in the UK being Chisora versus Pulev. But if you really want to see a, a quality fight, it will be Magzio versus Vargas over in America in San Antonio, Texas. It's being shown on USA Showtime. Or you can check out our friends again at Daz TV. All their available services there. You may be able to catch that fight in the early hours of Sunday morning here in the UK. So I just want to take a final moment of the episode then, just to mention again, Legendary Night Season 3 is back. The first episode, The Tale of Michael Mora versus George Foreman, is now available on the Legendary Night's podcast feed. You can find that on Apple, on Spotify, or any available podcasting apps out there. Thank you for all the messages of support we've had so far for that first episode. It's been quite overwhelming to see that people have really enjoyed seeing the series come back. You don't always know whether these series go down as well as what they do until people actually start to miss them and people are so happy that it's back. So a big thank you to everybody that has messaged so far. If you haven't already heard it, please go and check it out. If you have heard it, please make sure you've shared it on social media. Please do that because it is really supportive to us if you're able to do it to show people out there that there is a Legendary Nights podcast, that there are, I think it's about 40-odd fights maybe that we've covered so far. I think by the end of this particular season, we'll have covered about 50 fights in total over the course of the last three years, which is amazing. And there's plenty more fights to come yet and plenty more tales and stories that we want to tell. So please make sure you do check out that podcast. You can check out the actual Twitter feed at Legend Night Pod as well for all the available updates all the episodes get posted up on there and they do get shared on our main account which is at btr boxing pod on twitter on facebook instagram and also on the youtube channel as well finally a shout out to the patrons of the podcast thank you so much as always for your support i hope you've enjoyed the early access to the legendary night series the first three episodes and the ad free versions of these episodes as well and if you're not a patron and you fancy getting a bit of extra content and you want to see some of the other episodes that we have recorded that haven't been released to the general public, then please go and check us out at BTR Boxing Podcast Patreon membership page. You can find that patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast. That's everything for this week's Big Fight Preview. We will be back next week for a reaction show and another Big Fight Preview. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. A dream is made real. Rick-
Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say: your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over a hundred social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today! At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.